You're listening to Don't IEP Alone with special education advocate Lisa Leitner. For more information about Lisa, the IEP toolkit, and more ways we can help you in your process, go to adayinourshoes.com. Now back to the show with your host, Lisa. Hello and welcome. We are recording another episode of Don't IEP Alone. I'm Lisa Leitner, IEP nerd extraordinaire. I enjoy talking about IEPs, but we're going to switch gears a little bit today. With me today is Kelly Coleman, and she is an author, and she's also a parent on this same journey as the rest of us, and she has written a book. But before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I have been a super nerdy fan of <laughs> your work and you. your all of the Don't IEP Alone Everything for years, so I can vouch for it working. As you said, my name is Kelly Coleman. I'm a mom, advocate, speaker, author. My book, Everything No One Tells You About Parenting a Disabled Child, Your Guide to the Essential Systems, Services, and Supports, comes out in March of 2024. And it is a guide to how the heck to do all of this paperwork I have two amazing boys. They are um, just unique and creative and outgoing and hilarious fellows. Our typical son is 12 years old and in middle school. Our son, who has multiple disabilities, is 10 years old and is the mayor of Trader Joe's and loves airplanes and runs out the door to go to school faster than anybody you've ever met because he loves school so much. He also has an IEP as thick as a phone book or maybe a couple phone books. So we know this process very well. His And also everything we discuss about him, I always get consent not only from my husband, but from my children. And we talk about he is very outgoing and very open with everything. So all of this is with his full consent, which is really important when we're speaking publicly about our children. He has multiple disabilities for him. That includes a yet undiagnosed genetic syndrome. We've done literally every test science has available up through full genome sequencing. And within that, his diagnoses include cerebral palsy, autism, epilepsy, cortical vision impairment, microcephaly, feeding tubes, sensory processing, auditory processing, fine motor, gross motor. Like he is an overachiever and he's like, I'm just going to keep collecting these. And I say that because, and I love Lisa, the look on your face. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, that's information because it turns out disability is just information. It's right. not, oh, you poor thing. That's so, no. My son is actually not sad or tragic. He is vibrant and happy. He is mobile. He has a tremendous amount of communication, even though that doesn't look like a conversation like this. He has alternative communication and he is just loving life. So all of this to say our his needs and the journey that we have been on and what the book speaks to and what our IEP speaks to while he is unlike anyone else, he has a genetic syndrome that he might be the only one in the world. Hmm. His needs are medical, behavioral, cognitive across the board. So when I was writing this book about like, how do we actually do all of the paperwork and planning, whether it's 
the IEPs, the financial planning, the future care plans, the how the heck do you do, deal with your insurance company, disability rights and advocacy, what this looks like for you as a parent caregiver, all of those nuts and bolts things is a journey that I have discovered. And I love that the name of your brand is Don't IEP Alone. <laughs> because like, don't any of this alone at right. the beginning and throughout sometimes it feels so isolating. And when we can actually connect with others, it gives it like lets the air out of the balloon and we can be not freaking out and not feeling so alone. But we can also get real information that we can use and that benefits all of us and it allows all of us to sleep better at night when I know my kid's finances are in place, when I'm no longer here, my kid has an IEP that allows him to receive his free and appropriate public education that he is entitled to under federal law, just like everybody else's kid, and that his entire existence does not hinge on me being at his side every moment for the rest of his life and how do we put systems in place to make that happen the ip chapter was the first chapter i wrote because as you know a parent who's been through this more than once our son's in fourth grade now he started ieps from when he left early childhood and was entering preschool so we've had many meetings often more than one in a year of how can we put systems in place and put in the effort in advance of the IEP meeting so that the IEP meeting is a genuine representation of what he needs and what is available to him so that I can just kind of chill out a little bit on the IEP for the rest of the school year knowing that here are the systems that are in place for accountability, for his progress, for check-in, you know, for all of that. All of this preparation really can be daunting, but then when, once it happens, it is really, as you know, just such a relief. Is everything going to be perfect? Nope. Is the paperwork ever going to be fun? Nope. I'm real good at this and it's not fun. Right. But I have found ways to spend less time doing it and to feel empowered because I know what the heck I'm doing. And that's what makes it easier. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I just had, I, just yesterday I posted something on one of my resources on, and, and I don't I don't hand post a lot of stuff. Most of it's mm -hmm. scheduled and automated, but something mm -hmm. came on my Facebook page and I do check in on comments and for spammers mm -hmm. and all that fun mm -hmm. stuff. But a parent said like, oh, I really need to know this, but I don't have time to watch a video. I wish it was just bullet points. And I just replied to her, honestly, like you have to dig in and learn it. Like there's no, sh there are no shortcuts. Like mm -hmm. you can, you, you will find more efficient ways of doing it. And yes. initially like being, I hate being on the learning curve, right? Like we all do yep. to a certain degree. Like, and, and it feels like, especially with IEPs and all the insurance stuff and the medical stuff, it feels like we're constantly on the learning curve, but you have to, but you have to learn it. Like we have to commit to learning this and you can't just say, Oh, well, I don't have time to do that. Cause mm -hmm. that's what I think parents don't understand is that if you don't engage, your child is going to get left behind. Like schools are too busy. Mm -hmm. Doctors and nurses are too busy. Insurance companies don't, they're not in our, like, they don't make money by giving us more stuff, right? Yep. That's that's not their way to profitability. Mm -hmm. And even the people, you know, 
sure lots of places they have ombudsmen and they have um, social workers and they have, you know, patient advocates and things like that. They're all extremely overworked, you know, mm-hmm. and that if you don't dig in and learn this and learn how to do it efficiently, your child is, they're going to get left behind. So whether that's not being able to access some services through your insurance company or not getting what your child needs on their IEP, like somehow it's going to play out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it plays out. And also, if you are feeling overwhelmed and like you don't have time, welcome to the club. We're right there with you. (laughs) Um, Nobody has time for any of this. No one knows how to do any of all this. Right. However, you got to start somewhere. So pick one thing. What is that one bullet point that you want to learn? Right. And then watch the video about that one thing and you'll realize, oh, that was 12 minutes well spent. Right. Um, I often say to parents, because you're right, the insurance and the specialists and the social services and the planning, like all of this is so much. IEPs are a great place to start if you're like, I don't know where I start. I don't have the bandwidth for any of this because education is going to happen for your child, whether you like it or not, because that's how this country works. And hopefully we like it. This will get put into place for your child. You will see a lot of this stuff. We kind of feel like we're not seeing the immediate results of. And so it feels put offable. None of this is put offable, but... If you're going to choose a thing to get right first, IEP is a great place to start because you will see the rewards of that right. most quite immediately. Right. And you will see the benefit directly to your child quite immediately. It's a different reward than getting a reimbursement check from your insurance, which is also <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but knowing that you are either homeschooling your child with the supports or dropping your kid off at a place where they are receiving an appropriate education that is individualized so that they can access that is huge. And often the IEP process, you know, when the meeting's coming up, it is a finite amount, a finite amount of time that you have to prepare for that. So lean into that and say, how can I educate myself even a small amount to prepare for this IEP meeting? And part of that for me has always been and continues a decade in to be, be clear on everything. You're not going to know everything possibly ever. Maybe you will. But when you encounter a word or a goal or a term or a phrase or a support that you're like, I either not quite sure what that is, or I have no idea what the heck that is. That's when you pause and you say, what does FAPE stand for? I keep hearing this FAPE. What what is that? And you can do yourself such a service also without a lot of effort by being aware of what you don't know and using that as your inroads to say, here's where I'm going to educate myself. Because I'm going to look at what is being presented to me that I do not know. And those are the questions I am going to ask first. Yeah. And I, you know, I often say you, we have to play the cards that were dealt. Like yep. it's, it's, you know, I see friends and they, they're posting things that they've binge watched or they're, they're, 
doing all these reading challenges and it's this book and that book. And it's like the kind of books I read as books like yours, right? Like I don't get to read as many pleasure books as, as I would have liked. I don't get to binge watch as much TV as I would like, because I do have to spend this extra amount of time doing things for my son that other parents just don't have to do, Mm -hmm. but it's not fair. Right. But, but it doesn't do me any good to stand up here and say, well, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, we got to play the cards that were dealt. And I've tried my hardest over the past, what is it now, 13 years to make my content more palatable and more understandable. But even still, I think to your point that, you know, parents, I think in IEP meetings, there's that dynamic and they don't want to appear weak and they don't want to appear unknowing. So they don't want to speak up and say, I don't understand that term. I don't know what that means or what is, what does that mean? And I tell them, you know, like, you have your job at work and they have their job. Like I'm not a school psychologist. I'm not a guidance counselor. I'm not a speech therapist. I'm not an occupational therapist. Like why should I be expected to know those things? That's not my profession. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask because Mm -hmm. we don't, we shouldn't walk into it expecting Mm -hmm. to know it all. And I think Mm -hmm. we have to get parents over that hump of they don't know what they don't know. Yes. And that's, that's always been a challenge of mine with my website, which actually, you know, my website reaches a lot of people now mm-hmm. after 10 or 13 years, but mm-hmm. there's still so many, like when, when I read the numbers of how many kids have IEPs compared to my numbers, like yeah. I'm reaching such a small yeah. portion of them. And I think they don't know what they don't know. And it's, it's, yes. you have to get information from people like you and me, because I feel you can get information elsewhere, but I find that a lot of the agencies, when it's written by clinicians, mm-hmm. when it's written by professionals who haven't been on this journey, or, you know, who work for schools and work for agencies and things like that, like, it's just so, I, I call it sanitized. And I've been criticized a lot for being critical of agencies who are trying to help our kids. But I know that I've heard from parents who, you know, they get this, they go to a a webinar because they think it's going to be helpful. And, you know, and it's a webinar on how to, how to navigate an IEP meeting. And they tell the parent will ask meaningful questions. And it's like, that's that, you know, that's the aim of my website is like, what are those meaningful questions? That's, you know, like anyone can say like, oh, like, remember your manners and be polite and and ask questions or have a list of questions to bring to the meeting. That's the that's the part that parents are like, yeah, I know that, but what, like, they don't even know what to ask. Absolutely. And, and my book, exactly. It has, you know, personal stories and letters from fellow parents and interviews with more than 40 experts. And it has those list of bullet points. And for how do you ask your questions? How do you make that meaningful to you and your child specifically? And what are the templates and how do we do a school visit? Like all of that stuff. Because yeah. you're right, if the information that we are getting, we're, we're talking about what our kids can access all the time. But for us as parents, right. if I pick up a book written by the most amazing lawyers about IEPs and it's all the legal lawyer stuff, I'm going right. to glaze over and watch a video about kittens. Right. Because I don't know. I right. can't get that. So your content is super user friendly. And I feel like your, you know, whether it's a small thing or the big things, it's digestible for parents because it feels like I understand what to do. And part of gaining that understanding back to what we were saying about 
learning the things you don't know. I think parents need to genuinely embrace the fact that there is no shame in not knowing this. And knowing that in the IEP meetings even, and I know it's intimidating for us, there are literally a dozen school district people and mm -hmm. me and my husband, we often bring one of our other therapists with us and we've been at this and we actually have a great team with whom we have a mostly great relationship. Doesn't always go perfectly, but that's okay. And parents need to know it is not weak to stop the meeting and say, I have great news, guys. You are the experts in all this language. You do this all day, every day. You went to school for this. That's great. I am the expert in my child. Right. I can't be an equal team member if I don't know what FAPE is, what idea is, what the heck this goal means in mm -hmm. maximum support to moderate support in three out of five attempts, 80% of the time when it's raining. What? Like, right. It is not disempowering. I would say it is actually empowering to say, hey, team, I need a better understanding. I have no idea what that sentence means or I don't know what this word means. Something I often say is I stop people. I say, OK, one sec, let me interrupt. I'm processing what you just said to make sure I understand. Can you just repeat that exact same thing you just said? You don't need to change anything. <laughs> I just need to hear it again to make sure I understand. And if I don't, I'll stop you. If I do, just keep going. And people at the team respects that because that gives them information that you are going to put in the effort to understand it. So they better make this understandable. And even if you don't fully understand in the moment, because mm -hmm. Hopefully we all know by now, do not sign the IEP in the room. Even if you think it all sounds good, take it home. I start every single meeting by saying, thank you guys so much. Here's some muffins I just baked this morning. As we all know, I am going to, I'm not going to sign this IEP in the room today. And so our goal is not to get me to sign it. Our goal is total understanding of what's going on. Thank you so much. So there's no question or pressure of signing it. Right. Um, and just, I'm, so I just want to put it out there for my listeners that only four states require you to sign an IEP after the initial. So if you're like, wait, what? I don't sign the IEP. You, you may not. Um, in most mm -hmm. states, you don't have to sign an IEP. Mm -hmm. And are you able to say which states require that? Uh, Massachusetts, California, Montana. And I can't think of the fourth one. Okay. Great. And also, if you are asked to sign it, be sure you are clear on what you are signing. I'm in California. We are required to sign an attendance form that we were attending. Great. I can do that. And I am required to return the document in a timely fashion with a signature that says either I agree to all of the IEP, I agree to none of the IEP, or I agree to parts of the IEP, and then the path forward varies depending on which box you check. So I am required to sign that in a timely fashion, but that is something that I am allowed to take home and consider and then come back. As you know, not all teams will be honest about what is in the IEP document, and sometimes what is said in the room is different than what is actually memorialized in the document. 
and your child's plan moving forward has nothing to do with what was said in the room and has everything to do with what is written on paper. They're not legally beholden to what was said in the room. They're beholden to what is on paper. Yep. And that's, that's like the main crux of my online training that I offer is understanding that documentation process and more importantly, how to use it to your advantage. Because I do get a lot of people who parents that I hear from, and I don't have the Facebook group anymore. We dismantled that a, a few years ago, but in that there used to be one of the reasons we dismantled it was that there was so much bad advice being thrown around that it was just so like, scary. it was just a nightmare to monitor it and police it. So I was like, I don't have time for this. Like I can't, mm-hmm. that would be a full-time job by itself. Mm-hmm. But one of the tips that was always thrown around was, well, d- then don't sign the IEP. And it's like, well, that's what parents have to understand. Like California is the biggest state. Like and that, and I have a lot of readers from California just because your state is so big. But unless you're in one of those four states, it's a meaningless piece of advice. You're not like, they feel like it's a power move. Like, well, I'm not going to consent to this. I'm not going to agree to it. I'm not going to sign it. And it's like, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you know, because what it also only matters, like you said, what's in writing and what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, oh, I just want to highlight your point of parents need to think about where they are getting their information If it's Sally, the mom you've never met in a city you've never heard of, maybe she has the best advice around. Maybe she has no idea what she's talking about. There is fantastic information available online and from other parents locally and all over the world. However, district by district, IEPs can be very different. State by state, Mm -hmm. they are absolutely different. (laughs) And there are different laws in place. And child by child, they vary more wildly than anything else. People who mean well and might think they have correct information might not. So gather your information. You will become more savvy the more that you do this. But be aware I like to say anybody who is just digging in their heels and so adamant about their point of view and won't listen to another point of view, maybe look into that. Maybe fact check that. Yeah. I still use the mantra in my head. That's hundred year old advice from Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence mm-hmm. people. People do not like to be told that they are wrong. Mm-hmm. And even when showered with factual information that, mm-hmm they are in fact wrong. Like I I can't even believe some of, and and again, going back to that Facebook group that we've since dismantled, like what people would dig their heels in about, even when we would say, well, no, here's the actual snippet from IDEA and here's what it says. Mm -hmm. No, it's my school. And you know, and it's like, again, federal law. (laughs) And Also, I think all of us would be really well served to know that that is true, that I think it is human nature for us to dig in and defend so that we appear to be right, even if I'm wrong. And it is powerful for all of us to to be able to say, I have learned new information and based on that information, I have changed my position. Right. Yep. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Right. If you're reading even advocacy websites, make sure that, because I, you know, I do Google searches too on topics and mm-hmm. a lot of times the, the, or the responses or search results that I'll get will be 
a parent training center from a different state. Mm-hmm. And like, just because that parent training center, you know, and again, California comes up just be a lot just because. Yeah, it's big. It's so big and so many people mm-hmm. use it. So Google goes, oh, well, this must be the right answer. You know what I mean? And it puts all this California stuff in my, in my feed all the, or in my search results mm-hmm. all the time. But you guys have your own stuff like you guys we're our own planet here you do are you do and it's i mean good bad or otherwise but you have different timelines and you have more defined timelines that a lot of states don't have you know the Mm -hmm. five days this and five days that like we don't have that and that's where you know and again like you said it's well intended Mm -hmm. but it's it's incorrect for New Jersey. You know what I mean? It's incorrect for Pennsylvania. Um, Yes. You know? Yeah. And also know that sometimes it can be tricky to get information either from your IEP team or from your division of special education. I, we live in a massive school district, the second largest district in the nation. So it's real hard to, to get through the phone maze and get a real answer. (laughs) Ask your team questions like timelines what is the exact timeline for me to return this signature page where I check yes or no or some of this? And when if they say five days, are those five calendar days or are they five business days? And always ask specifically about your timelines because you want to know when you need to be turning things in. So because sometimes it's going to be your fault because you screw up, but try and avoid that. And also you need to know if I disagree with all or part of this IEP, what is the next step and what is your timeline to respond to me on that? Because you need to write that timeline on your calendar and you need to follow up with them. Some of them are intentionally nefarious mustache twirling villains who are going to try hard to blow past that deadline. But most of them aren't. Most of them are just well-meaning, overworked educators, and things can fall through the cracks, even with the best of intentions. Don't be afraid about following up. You can do it in a way that you don't sound like a jerk or you're not annoying. And just, hey, the deadline is coming up. I wanted to make sure that X, Y, and Z happens. And I often add, how can I be of assistance in making this happen? Right. And the yeah. answer is generally, there's nothing you can do. Thank you so much for the email. Because frankly, I usually don't want to do anything. Right. But if it means it gets my kids IEP in place sooner, yeah, I'll do a, do a thing. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Don't IEP Alone with special education advocate, Lisa Leitner. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. For more information about Lisa, the IEP toolkit, and more ways we can help you in your process, go to adayinourshoes.com. From self-care tips to common IEP mistakes, there's even more to explore. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and subscribe to never miss an episode. Until next time, don't IEP alone and you don't have to.